Welcome back to another episode of the Toxic American Podcast with your host, me, Rudy, also known as Rudy with a Permit, at Toxic American on the Twitter, X, whatever we're calling it, still don't know. Um, it's been a minute since I've put out an episode, and this episode's going to be a little different, maybe sounding, uh, because I'm not in my normal spot. I'm about 30 feet away outside my house, uh, finishing off a brisket. It's been on for our eight-ish, ooh, has it been on nine hours at this point? And it's almost done, and I'm sitting out here by a fire. It's just too nice of a night not to be outside, no wind, maybe 60 to 65 degrees, somewhere in there. So here I am. So if you hear a little different sounding noises, some popping, some cracking, some weird metal sounds, that's why. Um, But I've missed doing the show, or I've missed talking, and hopefully you all have missed me not talking. (laughs) So the world has changed since the last time I did one of these episodes. Um, I guess, what was it, October 7th, I was in Indiana, attending Indiana Apocalypse, if you know you know, uh, if you were there, uh, hopefully we got to meet and talk and hang out, but it was a great time shooting lots of guns, sleeping on the, sleeping in a tent, hanging out by a campfire, having some drinks, good people, um, quite the sight to behold times. It felt kind of almost overwhelming or surreal, but all in all is one of the best things I could have ever done. So glad that I went so glad that I showed up day one and and hung out through the whole thing it was you can't really describe it you just have to go and if you're ever invited you should go and it was uh, amazing and it's really nice to get outside the comfort zone and do something you're not normally going to do or not used to or haven't done in a long time you know drive 10 hours to the middle of nowhere indiana car loaded down with a bunch of guns meeting up with a other people who have a bunch of guns and ammo all the place you've never been with people you've never actually met in person just over the internet specifically twitter um but basically i would say i know some of those folks had met before and attended years prior but you know at the same time before they had ever actually met in person they also took that same plunge so you're all kind of on equal footing and in awkwardness, if you will, or weirdness, or, you know, uniqueness, I guess is the best word, I don't know, but anyway, so October 7, um, Hamas, as far as I'm concerned, signed their own death warrant by attacking Israel, um, I, I guess I should state unequivocally, if you haven't seen it on Twitter, that, uh, Israel truly is an ally of ours. They have been for a long time. Yes, I know they attacked one of our ships, and uh, it's a dark, dark day. I don't think they're happy about it. We certainly weren't happy about it. Uh, They paid quite the economic price, Um, but they're not really much different than the Vichy government of France in World War II or some other places. So, you know, we won't get into that too much, but uh, Israel truly has been an ally of ours. They are a uh, successful state in the Middle East, which is saying a lot if uh, 
you follow the Middle East at all or just watch the news for the last 50 years, the Middle East has not exactly been a normal place, safe place, sane place, or even a place that you would want to visit even if you could most times. For whatever reason, I'm not going to get into the blame game, but it's fairly obvious that there's a lot of failed states in the Middle East, and Israel is not one of those. I should probably also tell you that I'm not Jewish. As far as I know, I have no Jewish family members or descent or anything of that nature. So I'm not ideological because it's a, a Jewish state that I must support it as being a, a Jewish person or of uh, Jewish lineage or anything like that. So I come about it uh, organically, if we're going to use a term that's been ruined. But... So, I've seen, as I'm sure most of you have seen and heard, some pretty wild takes about what is going on between Israel and Hamas and the Gaza Strip. Um, and I would say most of those takes, 90, 95%, maybe more, are definitely steeped in anti-Semitism. And there are those that will say, well, I'm not anti-Semitic, I'm just anti-Zionist. Well, those are one and the same, everyone. You can't separate Zionism from Judaism at this point, and vice versa. To say that the Israelis, or there should not be a Jewish state, basically condemns Jews to enslavement or slaughter or both. I I never really understood anti-Semitism. I've never really understood really any anti, you know, group of people or race of people, which the Jews uniquely represent a race and both a religion of people. There are Orthodox Jews who, you know, read and subscribe to the Torah and, and practice and, and, you know, do all the things and celebrate all the things and are, are traditionally Jewish in their actions. And then there are secular Jews who do none of those things, but they are still Jewish. Um, I'm not the smartest man in the world, but I don't believe that there's another group of people on earth that are like that. Um, um, there might be some modicum of small, small someone somewhere that are, are like that, but uh Either way you slice it, uh, the Jews are the biggest group of that kind of nature, of that uniqueness. They're going to be the word of this podcast. Is unique. This episode is unique, varying degrees of unique, unique uses of unique. Um, but before I get totally sidetracked on words that I'm using, um, I needed to write down some different things because there's a lot that goes on. So... A lot of people have chalked this up. I can understand somewhat. Let me start here. I can understand somewhat if someone is kind of indifferent, if you will, to uh, that area of the world. It's obvious, you know, it's had its issues. And I can kind of understand the Switzerland approach, if you will, of not choosing a side, staying neutral. I guess I can kind of understand that, although uh, it's 
Switzerland wasn't really neutral in World War II, so, you know, it is what it is there. I say that I can understand that while also not really truly being able to understand how you can be, in, would, you, would you be indifferent, and I don't really necessarily like this uh, comparison or analogy, but would you, but I'm going to use it here. Would you be indifferent if this was here in the United States? Were you indifferent on 9-11, let's say? And if you weren't indifferent on 9-11, then why are you indifferent now? And are you indifferent in Ukraine-Russia? Are you indifferent um, in any number of issues and atrocities that have happened throughout the history, or maybe the history that you've been alive? You know, the ethnic cleansing in Bosnia, Serbia, Herzegovina, Kosovo, things of like that nature. But where does your indifference stop? When it affects you personally? Fair enough. So... I think a lot of people say they're indifferent because it's not so much they're indifferent as they are concerned slash worried that this will lead to the pretext or this is the pretext that leads to uh, a, a escalation beyond Israel and Palestine or the Palestinians. There is no Palestine. Israel and the Palestinians. Fair enough. You should probably just say that. Um, we have a history there personally of, you know, United States of, of doing that. But there are those that will say this is a territorial dispute and that whatever you believe necessarily, um, that this should be Palestinian land or this should be totally Jewish land or a two-state solution, which is unviable and untenable. And they've never, the Palestinians have always they have never wanted a two-state solution basically because of the three no's. And if you're not familiar with the three no's, you should probably be familiar with that or be quiet about the subject of Israel or Palestine. Or Palestinians, quit saying Palestine, Israel and Palestinians. You know, the Arab world, the three no's, no recognition, no, uh, I forget all the three no's, but no recognition, no treaty, no, you know, no, no, not going to do business with Israel. No, you know, no, no, and no. So, this is where sitting in front of my computer would come in handy. I could look up the exact three notes, but either way. So, if we're going to say it's a territorial dispute, okay, and if you want to go down that line of, well, you know, Palestinians were living there, and then the British came in and told them they all had to leave, and the Jews came in and kicked everybody else out, so the Palestinians had just been thrown out of their land. Okay, without getting into... You know, the world existing before 1917 and 1947. Um, do you also hold that true for American Indians? And if you live on what would have been tribal land 150 years ago, almost 200 years ago, 
Should the Indians just start lobbing rockets into your city, your town? Are they justified to come in and kidnap people or murder police officers or more murder citizens who wander into the wrong area? Is that the same justification? And that leads into a moral equivalence that is complete and utter nonsense that because of those things, the Palestinian people are justified in what they're doing. And Israel is the big, bad, ugly monster in the room for perpetuating that upon those people. That's completely leaving out the fact that Israel has always extended a hand to its Arab neighbors, including the Palestinians. Israel has completely abandoned Gaza and turned it over to the Palestinian Authority. And now, which Hamas, who's been in governing control since 2005 or 2006, I forget exactly which. But Israel's an apartheid state. Yeah, well, that's a lie, too. Everyone who lives in Israel has the same rights, whether they're Jewish, Arab, or something else. There are no Jews who live in Gaza. Let that sink in. There are no Jews who live in Gaza. And the reason is, if they go into Gaza, they will be murdered. Period. Arabs have representation within the Israeli government right now. Right now. There's a 20% population of Arabs living in Israel. So it's not an apartheid state, despite what the dunderheads called the squad want to tell you. They just tell you pretty much instantly, if the squad believes it, you're as dumb as they are. Israel also is a benevolent society, always looking to do the right thing, do good. No society is 100%, much like America, but they're always trying to do for the good of their people and the good of their nation. Who can fault them for that? We should probably try that here. One of the problems I have with some of the very pro-Israel people, Ben Shapiro to be one, one of the, the places where I disagree with Mr. Shapiro is because the Palestinian people voted for this current regime, they're married to the, what the current regime does. Now that on its face, I don't agree with that. I don't know enough about the exact Palestinian people or whomever to know that they are 100% behind this, but they're definitely not 100% against it. There has been millions upon billions of dollars poured into Gaza to provide infrastructure for the citizens, for the country itself, for everything. And those things, time and again, are either retrofitted to attack Israel or they're sold off to gain money to attack Israel. Imagine if that were here and one state just took all of its federal money and turned it into weapons to attack this next state. I don't I don't I don't know that the people of that state are necessarily 100% behind that, but they're definitely not 100% against that. So, you know, 
Shapiro comes out and says that they voted for this in 2005, and this is the government they have. All right. I can see what he means, but that's like saying, well, we voted for George Bush, W. So therefore, we're 100% in favor of all the things he did. We were all 100% in favor of the Iraq War. And we voted for Barack Obama, so we're 100% in favor of all the drone strikes he did and uh, overthrowing Gaddafi and all of those things. That's not 100% accurate. That, you, you, that, that's a big leap for me. Um, there's the kind of moral case, duality of man, if you will, of a American soldier who might have joined in the late 90s. Or early 2000s for 9-11, still in when Barack Obama comes in, or they weren't for the Iraq war, but a job's a job, you do your job. You know, so if you can have that much delineation just within the ranks of the actual military, within the people, you're going to have much more disagreement delineation. So that's, that's a big leap. Now, is he 100% wrong? I don't know that he's 100% wrong. I just said I don't necessarily agree with him. That said, uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed, he is... Uh, pretty Jewish. He takes the ish out of Jewish. He is Jew, period. I am Jew, as he said. Um, he has traveled to that area. Uh, he has been in, uh, he's definitely not traveled to Gaza or else he wouldn't be alive, but he has tra traveled to Israel. He has been there numerous times. So I want to defer to his opinion, but I can't, I can't make that leap when I get to, they voted for it, so they supported it 100%. I can't get there. Um, one of the things that is definitely 100% true is that uh, Hamas and the way that they run things, they understand optics and they understand the international outcry and they understand, at least to a, a limiting degree, media. And they know that we in the Western world value different things and we definitely value life, especially child life and female life. One of the reasons they probably attacked those, uh, but two, it was also to provoke Israel into basically foaming at the mouth and come at them with everything they had and knowing full well that they were going to Hamas was going to do what they always do and have their military headquarters and bases and, you know, uh, military targets hidden in urban, densely urban populated areas, if not under hospitals, or in hospitals or mosques or schools or things that they've always done. They are horrific butchers of people they do not care about the same things that we care about uh many hamas leaders are on record both in the past and here recently talking about martyrdom what that means that the the best thing that they can possibly do is become a martyr for the cause for islam for muslims around the world we in the united states value life um we not only value innocent life we value soldiers lives we definitely cannot stomach as Americans seeing the death toll of soldiers stacking up in any war. And that is, it makes sense. It's obvious. Um, but when you see it on CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, whatever, all the corporate media outlets where they run the counter of this is how many soldiers have died, this is blah, blah, blah. Well, our enemies see that as well. And bad guys around the world see that and they can exploit that. They understand what that means, especially when your value sets don't line up. So when your value sets don't line up, you're going to do the thing that your enemy or, you know, 
your enemy, the, the friend of your enemy, what they value. Israel values life. Israel values themselves. Israel values lots of things that are valued here in the West. So if I'm Hamas and I don't care about those things, well, I'm going to exploit those things. And Hamas can then in turn, with their side of the world who believes in martyrdom, it's win-win. You have a bunch of dead women and kids because you put them in that place in which they would die because you knew Israel would retaliate. You told them they couldn't leave even when then Israel told them to leave. Egypt closes the borders. Lebanon closes the borders. All of those, the Palestinian people cannot leave. So you stack them in those places. They get blown up. They get shot. They get destroyed. They get whatever. They end up dead. Well, now they're martyrs. So not only did they add to the cause because you use these pictures to change your the narrative to favor you amongst the Western world and the Western media, they also become martyrs on your side and go up to heaven or Allah or whatever they do, whatever you believe. So it's a win-win. The problem is our media, Western media, who buys into this nonsense. So one of the things that initially happened was... Initially, when the attacks first happened and we started hearing a bunch of the stories coming out, some of which are still unverified, some of which are 100% verified, and some of which are somewhere in between and maybe fake, who knows, or over-exaggerated. But you saw that the corporate media started to line up with Israel within the first day or two, until Israel decided to retaliate, much like they should, and now everybody's behind the Palestinian people. We're behind the Palestinian people. This is a genocide. Stop the Gaza genocide. Do this, that, and the other. And yet again, the libertarians never cease to amaze me in their brazen retardation, for lack of a better word, where I see so many people. I've, When I follow people, some people I follow because they follow me on Twitter, um, and I'll do a brief look through their postings, some of the more recent, this, that, or the other. I don't do a deep dive, but if we have mutuals, I'll take a quick look and we'll go on. And sometimes mutuals put their foot in their mouth and they say dumb things or they say things you don't agree with or they really, you know, stick it out there and they make a brazen statement. And it is what it is. And I I typically just let it go, you know, until it becomes a pattern. <clears throat> and then I have a problem and then I'll unfollow. This whole thing has really brought to the forefront of how many people are truly anti-Semitic, whether they realize it or not. Whether it's ingrained in them, I don't know. But I've had so many people that I've unfollowed over this one issue. It's hard for me to really even imagine. And it's not like hundreds. It's like a dozen, maybe two dozen people. But... For someone who doesn't really unfollow people based on a, you know, an opinion I don't agree with or garbage opinion or whatever, so long as it doesn't become some, some hateful or race overtly racist thing or whatever, that's a big deal, I think. And I, from what I understand, I'm not alone. You know, <clears throat> pretty much every Friday you can find me on Liberty Happy Hour space talking about god knows what and making horrible jokes sometimes funny jokes sometimes really insensitive jokes but also taking opinions like you hear much like you hear here that can be unpopular and can be against the grain and what have you 
there was one person in particular that has been in Liberty Happy Hour numerous times, and she has spoken, and she has seemed logical. She has seemed, you know, thoughtful and, and sane until this, because when Gaza struck Israel, she's not really super active on the posts, from what I can tell, um, and her history kind of backs that up. But when Hamas attacked Israel and murdered a whole bunch of people, she didn't post one thing. And she is, uh, according to her, a libertarian. Okay. Um, maybe there were, you know, and I didn't jump to her page to see, oh my God, she better have posted or else. But what prompted me to look was she posted, stop the Gaza genocide. And basically, you know, tell Israel to quit and stop the Gaza genocide, hashtag stop Gaza genocide or whatever the stupid hashtag is. And so I'm like, oh, you know, I didn't really expect that necessarily out of her. And so I go to her page to look through, you know, maybe this is a, a trend. This is one tweet in a series of tweets, blah, blah, blah. And maybe from the get-go, it's always just been the same thing. So I go through, not one tweet about the attack on Israel. Not one tweet about it at all. Whether it was pro-Israel, anti-Israel, or cooler heads need to prevail, or what have you, anything like that. Nothing. Her first tweet is just about stop the Gaza genocide. This is a libertarian, again, remember that. Libertarian. So I had to post, okay, where was your tweets about the murder of Israelis? I think I said Israelis. I don't think I used Jews. I think I just said Israelis. Of course, I got no response. And so I'm unfollowing because you're obviously anti-Semitic. Now, I hear some of you right now thinking, well, doesn't that make you anti-Palestinian? No. No, it doesn't, because what everyone needs to understand is Israel didn't start this. Israel is going to finish this, but Israel didn't start this. And should innocent women and children die in war? No, but that's not war, and that's not how that works, okay? It doesn't matter how safe you are or how cordial you are or how, how much you try to avoid collateral damage of innocent human life, that's not how wars work. So if the Palestinians didn't want their people to die, the Palestinian Authority and Hamas, perhaps you don't attack your neighbor for no reason whatsoever. So the libertarian response has just been fantastic, uh, fantastically bad, as per usual. You know, the brazen anti-Semitism is just something that I can't understand. To see that that person would post that about the Palestinians but have nothing to say about Jews or the Israelis. You're obviously anti-Israel, at the very least. To me, you're anti-Semitic because it's a, obviously, it's a Jewish state. And you had zero to say about the kids that were murdered there. Or the women that were murdered there. Nothing. You want to talk about innocent life. 
they had done nothing wrong. Those people at that concert had done nothing wrong other than probably listening to shitty music, but that's not a reason to die. And you had nothing to say. Nothing at all. Not even my heart goes out. I'm praying for you or any one of the little things, you know, that take you, what, 10 seconds to do just to be a nice person if that's really all you're trying to do, just to appear nice. Nothing. Nothing. You're gone, bitch. You're gone. But to see so many anti-Semitic things come out just blew my mind. Still blows my mind. I can't really understand it. Um, There's so many people trying to figure this thing out. And you're not going to figure it out unless you're from there, live there, or spend a whole bunch of time there. Because here in the West, especially in the United States, you just have to understand that people value different things. People around the world do not value life. They do not value freedoms and liberty. There's a lot of people in this country who don't value liberty, freedom. But those of us who do, those of us who understand, those of us who see the thing, it's very hard for us to understand when someone doesn't, when a group of people doesn't, when a government doesn't value life, liberty freedoms and it's almost better that we can't understand why you wouldn't value life liberty freedom pursuit of happiness because if we could understand that thought process maybe that leads us down the the path of that horrible thought process of taking away life liberty freedom pursuit of happiness it's much like you know Someone who's a, a, a pedophile or a mass murderer and people go, they want to know why. Why do you do that thing? Why would you do X, Y, or Z? And you just have to chalk it up to that person doesn't value things the way that we value things. They don't see the world. We see the world. And it's a great thing that we can't see the world through their eyes. We can't come up with a motive. We can't understand because our brain literally can't go to that horrible dark, awful place. Now, what does this mean for us here in the United States? Well, I don't think inflation is going down anytime soon. I don't think we're going to start cutting the budget anytime soon. Personally, I don't mind supporting Israel militarily. I think it's good money spent in a shit area. You know, just think about it. If you were going to travel, if I, if I gave you two options and there was no war going on, it was normal times, let's say. I said, here's a ticket to Israel, Jerusalem, or, or wherever. You're going to mainland, you're going to Israel, and all expenses paid. Flight, five-day trip, going to Israel. That's option A. Or option B, you get to pick between Saudi Arabia, Iran, Jordan, Syria, or Egypt. Which one do you want to go? I'm going to assume most of you are going to choose Israel. And you have to go. Don't do that stupid hypothetical. I just would go. Blah, blah, blah. Now you got to pick one. Yeah. I'll see you in Israel. Because that's the one place where you would actually feel safe. That you know that 
barring some unforeseen wild event, much like visiting a, a city here in the United States, you're not going to be raped and murdered or kidnapped or all three or, you know, whatever. You're going to be relatively safe in Israel, pretty much everywhere. Uh, all the others, mm, especially if you're a white girl, don't do it. Just don't go. So that, that kind of tells you all you need to know about Israel versus the rest of the Middle East, doesn't it? Where would you visit? Where wouldn't you visit? So they embrace Western values, so they must go. Oh, and they're Jewish. Just for some reason, that means they must go. I don't. None of those things I understand. But so what do I want to see from us? I want to see not only full support for Israel as far as words. I want to see support Israel. Let the IDF run the show. But I want to see us running naval campaigns. If we have to blow up whatever's left of the beach of Gaza, I want to see that. I want to see us supporting them with aerial stuff. I want to see us helping them take out SAMs if that's what they need. And I definitely want to see us helping them with intelligence. And I definitely want us to hang out and play Big Brother. So if Iran says, you know what, we're going to come over there and we're going to try to kick your ass. Be like, oh, no, you're not. Or if you try it, good luck. You, you're going to, hey, you think Israel's bad and will whoop your ass. You're going to uncork a whole, whole new barrel of ass whooping. You come over here and try that shit. Almost need to act as a, as a referee between the two. We also need to stop running any sort of money or any sort of aid into Gaza, period, forever. Until they actually become an ally or they become a, a viable party. A viable state. Nope. We're out. I don't know why we're spending the money. And yes I understand that we have spent. Billions of dollars in Gaza. That's pretty much gone to. Creating terror camps. And creating terror campaigns. And we're, we've got some. Uh, issues. In, in what has happened here. Giving the money to Iran. Not only in 2014. But here in the past you know, week or two. Those things are, are not uh, coincidental that Iran gets $6 billion and then all of a sudden Hamas decides to uh, paraglide over the wire and start killing Jews. But we also sell a whole bunch of weapons to Israel, so the military-industrial complex wins on both sides right now. But if we can cut off one of those sides, that's fine. But the other part is Israel's well on its way to being self-sufficient monetarily, economically, things of that nature. So I have no problem if another country wants to buy our military hardware and they got the cash, sell it. You know, outside of trade secrets and whatnot, sell it to them. Let them buy it. Their money's good. Let's take it. We're running a deficit here. Let's plus up in this endeavor. You know, but I've actually run businesses before, so I understand how to make money. Unlike, you know, Joe Biden, most of the career uh, political figures and never had a real job in their entire life and never made an honest nickel in their entire life have just either suckled at the teat of the taxpayer or gotten it by ill-gotten gains or both all at the expense of the american taxpayer so do i do not want to see american boots on the ground i know there's probably already boots on the ground as far as special forces and some other things of that nature um, advisors, whatnot, but I do not want to see mass scale boots on the ground. Uh, we got some 
hardware that should be going to Israel, not Ukraine. Sorry, Ukraine, you shouldn't be getting shit anyway. That's a dispute between two different factions of Russians. Good luck. Um, so, suck it, Zelensky. Another guy suckling at the teeth of the American taxpayer. So, goodbye, Ukraine. Good luck. Your endeavor. So, that's where I'm at with the Israel-Palestinian conflict. Go Israel. Crush them all. Smash them into oblivion. Wipe out everyone who either had anything to do with it, perpetuated it, signed off on it, or didn't care. They all gotta go. Do what you gotta do. Take back Gaza. Take back the West Bank. Personally, I would throw the Palestinians out into Egypt. Good luck. West Bankers would go into, I think it's Jordan. Good riddance. Goodbye. Signed your own death warrant here, and I guess Hezbollah has decided to attack out of Lebanon, under the north. So, yep, you too. Lebanon, I'm going to turn you into a parking lot. Hope you like it. Bunch of rubble. Bye-bye. And just light everybody up. Do what you have to do. They came at you. They attacked you. They murdered your citizens. They murdered people in their beds. They murdered people in their homes. They did all those nasty things. This is not a tit for tat. This is a, I take you out. You've crossed the line. Never again. Then the mantra of Israel from day one has been never again. Say it. Never again. Never again. Never again. It either means never again or it means nothing. Never again. So moving on to a little different subject. Um, Firearms Policy Coalition. I don't know if anyone or if most of you are even familiar with the FPC, uh, they obviously have a Twitter, at Gun Policy. Um, but they do a whole heck of a lot for not only protecting, but expanding gun rights. Uh, they're basically single-handedly leading the charge to get the NFA uh, repealed. I believe that is their end goal, is to get the NFA repealed, uh, among other, you know, other firearms laws, but start at the NFA, go from there. Every little victory is a big victory. But I want to talk about FPC, not only because I just applied for a job with them, a job that I won't get because I'm unqualified, at least on paper. But it got me thinking a lot more about them as an organization. Um, I get a question a lot of, hey, I want to donate some money to a pro-gun cause. Where should I donate it? And my two answers are either Black Guns Matter or FPC. Those are the only two. People still talk about the NRA. Fuck the NRA. They do nothing for us. NRA just makes money. That's all they do. NRA does nothing for gun owners or gun rights. Get that out of your mind right now. Get that out of your mouth. NRA is is worthless as tits on a boar hog. Um, There's also gun owners of America that do really well, but I'm going to talk about FPC. Uh, One of the lawyers for FPC was at IndyPoc. Got to talk to him a little bit. Tried not to talk too much shop, but you kind of, you know, it is what it is. He seemed cool. Cody Wisniewski is his name. Um, he actually was really cool about talking about it. Um, one of the questions we asked him was what uh, Republicans or GOPs are allies or that you can count on. And he said, we we look to no politician at all for what we do, which is a perfect answer because politics are very fickle and it's going to draw a fickle bunch, especially now 
there's no backbone there. So to rely on politics and politicians is a no go. And that was a great answer. And that really got me locked into it. And he said it without even thinking about it, which means it is just part of the mantra. It is their modus operandi, which is great. Because not only are they going to let you down, they're going to change. And the ones that don't change are the ones that always just play it straight down the middle or are in hard left areas and are kind of gaming the system or in hard right areas. And they're also just playing to campaign donations. That is the biggest reason why you can't trust a politician is because if the thing goes away that they're campaigning on, well, they can't campaign on anymore. They get no more money. That's the biggest thing. One of the, uh, I think I've said it before, uh, Republicans didn't really like that Roe got overturned because now they can't campaign on overturning Roe and abortion and anti-abortion, you know, pro-life causes because, well, there you go. Now the rubber meets the road and it comes home to your home state and uh, all the things you've been talking about, about being pro-life. Now you've been called on the carpet. Now it's not just a, a, a fundraising opportunity or mantra. So, yeah, it's a great answer by Cody. Um, also, if you don't follow him on Twitter, you need to follow him on Twitter because uh, I forget who he said is the person running the Twitter. They're fucking awesome. They tell people to fuck off all the time in like some of the nicest ways possible, but also literally tell someone to fuck off or fuck you know. I mean, can you imagine the NRA telling a politician to go fuck themselves? I can't. I wish they would. But they won't. Wayne LaPierre likes his uh, scotch too much in his big house. And who could fault him for that? Other than he's a liar, fake, and a shill, and a piece of shit. But at least he'll drink his nice scotch in his big house with his uh, ugly face. Looks like an old catcher's mitt with some shitty hair on top. But, I digress. So, I need to join FBC. I have yet to join FBC. Uh... It's been on my short list of things to do since Indy Park and talking to Cody. Excuse me. Um, I'm always, why hadn't I joined before that or before talking to Cody is because I'm always apprehensive to join an organization because so many of them are shystery and so many of them will just put the things on social media that they, that make them look good. Uh, I see FBC posting not only the wins, but also the losses. You know, it happens. They also are, I think they have the most litigation, pro-gun litigation going in the United States right now is one organization. They're suing fucking everybody and their dog, apparently, which is awesome. And they have the clearly stated end goal, which the NRA doesn't. Um so many sweeping gun laws had come into existence while the NRA was not only in existence, but was a force, was actually a giant lobbying force, and they did nothing. Um, I would love to see the position I applied for with FEC was their, uh, basically their marketing director. Um, but I'm shooting my shot. Maybe I get lucky. Maybe I just get an interview. Maybe I just get, I just want to get on the radar because it's something that I want to be more into i love doing this podcast i love basically you want to give money if you're going to give money if you can give money at least give it to someone that's going to use it to do something better like firearms policy coalition if nothing else follow them at gun policy on twitter um it's it's one of those organizations that at least you know so many of us 
talk about things that would be nice to happen and things we want to do, this, that, and the other. But they're an organization really doing it, suing people, going to court, getting the victories, taking some of the losses as well. But they keep pushing, 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 and they're opening a lot of people's eyes to what can be and what should be. You know, we can have our little civil discourse on Twitter or in the public sphere and we can talk back and boy, wouldn't it be nice, but they're where the rubber meets the road. They're doing the work. They're actually making differences and changes and, and things of that nature on a bigger, you know, scale than us as individuals or us five people in a room or whatever it is can actually do. So, you know, if it's $5, $10, whatever it is every little bit counts and they have not paid me to do this or asked me to do this or say this why would they my uh reach is like i don't know 100 people which is still impressive to me that there's like 100 people that listen to this but uh this is all out of the goodness of my heart whatever goodness is actually left in that black old bastard of a heart the ice all around it uh but if nothing else, looking at that organization and looking at the things that they do and enjoy their Twitter feed. And I think that's going to wrap up this episode. Um, yeah, I've got two fires going, one for heat, one for food. Getting close to finishing off this brisket. I'll post pictures if I remember to on Twitter. Uh, sometimes I forget because I get so excited about uh, the barbecue. Um, I'll try to remember, but uh, either way, I need to get on a much better schedule with these uh, podcasts. I understand that, and I will. Um, so, till next time, whenever that is, hopefully that's soon. You all stay toxic. You all be Americans. Be the best toxic Americans you can be. Peace.